welcome back. It's episode 60 of Eurobash, and we are on Dublin Southside at Clement and Pico. I am joined, as always, by the lovely Noel McGrath, and we have a hell of a lot of MMA to get through, including Cage Warriors 110, UFC Moscow, KSW 51, several other things. <laughs> and we have a whole um, uh, inside MMA beef to talk about. We have a, um, a, an update from Emma <laughs> at some point. We've also got to talk about Paddy Hoolan's tremendous book launch. And but I first press of record all, this one. Oh, thanks very much. Thanks very much. That's very important. <laughs> I tried to point out halfway through the first segment of this that we were not actually recording it. Noel looked at me, looked at 50 heads, shaked it off, kept going. But look, it only was 20 minutes of our time. Who cares? Um, how are you, Noel? I believe last night you were woken up yeah. a lot because you thought a burglar or essentially somebody with, with ill intent was just doing knickknacks on yeah, your my, door. Man, my fucking doorbell was going off all night, all day yesterday and Saturday, like at random times, like half four, half five this morning. So hence, that's why I didn't push the button there at the start, because my brain's a bit wet this morning, because I've had about an hour's kick. But one yeah, last a second on the north side. But the thing is, we actually think it was a, maybe a technical fault at the end of the day, which is quite... I'm imagining your neighbour is <laughs> watching you smashing through a fucking gate yeah, with a golf club in your hand, in your pants, screaming yeah. at five o'clock in the morning, and they're like, Noel, Noel's a troubled young man, isn't he? <laughs> I'd imagine so, I'd imagine so. But uh, yeah, listen, what a weekend of mixed martial arts, PT. How was, uh, how was Kenny Cork? Amazing! Um, if it was, it was like the old days all over again. Um, to see the regional scene really thriving like that, to see an atmosphere like there is in Cork, the Cork fans are amazing. Also, to see Reese McKee, John McCulligan, Ian, Gary, John Mitchell, this next crop of potential UFC talent. It's it's excitement it, that we needed. It's it's something that we've been missing, we've been yearning for. Like I feel like people don't even know what regional yeah. MMA is in Ireland anymore because they they think that all these shows need to be in the tree arena. That's the way it is. A bit a bit gritty, a bit dirty. That's the way I like it. <laughs> and seeing real fights, real fights like um, you know, with, with, with real stakes. Like you know, I think if I had one criticism of Bellator, which I've talked about a lot, it's that the 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 events there's no continuation from events yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, you just live and die on one night here's a few it fights it doesn't mean anything as you yeah, said to you, me you don't on. know what they're fighting for essentially but with cage warriors you always yeah. know what they're fighting for they're fighting for that gold belt so they can go to the UFC and it's always about building them up there and only as we saw this year so far I think four or five maybe signed only a few ever go through and that that's what makes it really interesting and that, that's why that's why I really liked it. It did, even on the broadcast, you know, watching at home, it felt as though something special was happening. You know, you had Ian Gary, you had, you know, Reese, you had Joe McCulgan, three big wins, you know, Irish guys all over the place, littered there in the pro scene, guys who were able to get fights, and it did. It felt special, it felt small, it felt intimate, and it felt like the old days, as I said to you, back in the Helix, on a, a very, very special night. I think it's hugely important the Cage Warriors are back in this market because it gives guys... Uh, that aren't affiliated or signed to Bellator, an option to get a pro fight. Massively uh, crucial for Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no, that was brilliant. Um, I'm really am. I'm pumped. Like, I'm very, very excited. Um, let's let's go on with the latest news because we're going to be talking about this anyway. Cool. Um, Jairzinho Rosenstruck replaces Walt Harris. He's going to fight over him in D.C. This month, uh, Danilo Belwardo, Azamat Morzakanov, all cut from the UFC. Darren Till opens up as fifth in the middleweight rankings. Uh, Robert Whitaker has declared interest in facing Liverpoolian in London. Anton Rakic is the first KSW Bantamweight champion. Tim Barnett replaces Tom Green. He'll face Akon Wanless at Bellator London. Alessandro Botto replaces Moyles Price. He's going to take on Alfie Davis at London. James Haskell, uh, a man who said he will have a professional dedication to MMA just two months ago, has been leaked and will be a cast member on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. Oh, Jesus. Doesn't really seem professionally dedicated to me with that kind of stuff, but uh, Graham Boylan also announced three dates in Ireland for next year, May 16th and September 26th in Belfast and July 25th in Cork. 
So that is all our bleeding headlines. But great stuff to see Cage Warriors using the momentum created in Cork and to push out those three events. We already see the stars that are McKee, McColgan, um, obviously Gary, John Mitchell down in Cork. It feels very exciting. And, and the, the fact that they released this event, it kind of keeps that momentum going, right? Of course, man. We talk about it in, in mixed martial arts inside the cage. And I think it's just as crucial outside the cage at times to keep that momentum going for promotions. The eyes are on them now here. And to kick on in 2020 with three massive shows like that is an absolute no-brainer. And it's great that they're back, as I said, and uh, producing more stars. And I believe um, it's only a couple of fights away before we see um, Mr. Reese McKee possibly in the UFC if he, if he does go on and get that title shot um, against Ross Houston, which he's already called for. So uh, I think it's a no-brainer for Belfast to headline Reese McKee, him to sit out and maybe wait on May till that card more eyes on him and more eyes on cage warriors no brainer um yeah and um, we're going to be talking about cage warriors a lot more in the second part of the show uh, where we break down what happened the week before but it really was a home run like i mean i can't Absolutely. think like i never thought that it would be like i thought it would be big but i didn't think it was gonna be that big i mean the I traction totally it has online online traction was insane. unbelievable Everything, man like yeah. from reese especially i noticed that went up it's just like Reese is this aura about, and we've talked about it before. It's, it's sort of like what Connor had baby back early in the day to a certain extent. He says something like Darren Till, and you, you generally trying to believe him. He is this sort of presence about him, and you know, unbelievable that ability first and foremost. I feel Reese, unbelievable man, and he looks like a middleweight to be honest, you know, as well. Huge. We're talking about that, I think in a couple of years, uh, I wouldn't be even surprised if he went to one eighty five. The guy is just massive, but yeah, momentum is there with Cage Warriors, as I said. But man. Look, at you even know uh, the online traction as you just said there. It was crazy for, for mm. all the lads in the night. and It was a real excitement and buzz. And maybe because there hasn't been a Cage Warriors card in two yeah. years. You know, the, the, the starvation of, of that sort of intimate atmosphere and stuff really got people excited. And I was thoroughly buzzing after that fight card, man. It's, uh, it's like, it feels like the old days, like when we were going around to these events and I'm going mm. to... Like if if fans, uh, media guys, whatever, like you need to get on this because it's the most Deadly. exciting part Deadly. of the whole thing. Like watching these guys going with them all the way through until they get to that stage, it's unbelievable. And this is happening in Ireland now, really, really amazing. And um, even when I was like looking around, I was like, this feels so much like the old time. Unfortunately, you weren't there. And I know that nobody feeling, really was there that we. You know, that we made that a first ascent to the UFC yeah. with Sean was at like a. I remember at the Carl Pendred and Shane yeah. Mills fight back in the day, but. It's mad seeing four people from Severe MMA there, and you know what I mean. Like that, that yeah, used yeah, to be the yeah. old crew. Well, it was listen, crazy. Uh, you know, great, to, great to see Andy and the two Sheens um, and Porig Foreign there. It's great, man. Um, just a real buzz in the place, and um, it's been a I'm long not. time since that kind of excitement's been on this. Season, yeah, you know? yeah. No, and listen, I won't be missing the next one. You, you, you better back your bottom dollar, or whatever that saying is. Uh, not a hope, but. Uh, just couldn't make it down for this one. But yeah, no, listen, it came across in the broadcast. You could see, I think when Reese won as well, he ran over to one of his mates in the crowd. It's that sort of thing, you know, going over and hug your, your boys. But uh, great night. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very excited for 2020 with Cage Wars. Yeah, yeah, we had a, a lot of shit going on, like, which I think actually helped the, 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 the event. Car, yeah, man. I mean, let's just start. Uh, let me just do this chronologically. Um, uh, Paddy Hoolahan released his book Hooligan uh, last week. He was on the show, of course, and... Um, it's it's been huge, right? Have you seen the amount of books going out? People talking about the books, etc. It's it's incredible traction he has as well. Yeah, unreal, man. Everyone's been covering it. He's been all over every sort of broadcaster or broadcaster yeah. here in this country. And um, you know, we saw obviously Tom put out some of the quotes from the book, and um, you know, it really has taken a new life in terms of the interest. And I think he was on with uh, 
with the great um, uh, Pat Kenny as well there, and, and, and you know, just everywhere shows you wouldn't expect to see Paddy yeah. on. He's been on, and fair play to him. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to reading. I know you've read it, and it's uh, it seems like a fascinating read. It's brilliant. No, it's it's amazing. Like it's everyone that's reading is saying the same thing. Like it's like some you can't believe it. Like it, it's it's outrageous. Like it, it, it's really really good. But um, obviously. Paddy made some comments about John. This is something that was hinted at for a long time. Since he, he was elected at South, uh, South Dublin County Council, we spoke to him on the show. We released the article on MMAfighting.com. Off the Ball also had an article out um, about this situation. Um, this stirs up a lot of um, kind of interest among the fans and stuff because Paddy was so synonymous with um, SBG's ascent. Yeah. And then Team KF's uh, Tom King, John's first Irish black belt, comes out and starts describing the process by which he left SBG and became Team KF. Um, it got really, really like a, he went in detail about and put out a time frame of what happened. And um, obviously, then we saw Ashling Daly, another person synonymous with the SBG banner, coming out and saying, you know, she felt marginalised there. Then Joey Breslin came out and, and he said, um, obviously. Joey trains with Paddy already, but I mean, Joey would have been a huge part of their jiu-jitsu team, etc. And for him to come out and talk like that, it's like, it's pretty crazy, right? Seeing this mass exodus nearly, even though it's already happened. Yeah, it's not surprising though. I think, you know, um, it's sort of been, you know, Paddy so, well, spoke about it in his podcast a couple of months ago with Tom King on the No Shame podcast that, the, you know, they basically had a relationship breakdown with John Kavanagh, the two of them. Remember so when he was on our show and he said that too, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm just saying. He, you know, he confirmed it back then, so it, it's 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 really um, not surprising for me. I think there's been a lot of rumblings, maybe that some people aren't aware of in the public eye, um, that we've heard about, and they've really just come to the surface. And theoretically, the, the, the shit has hit the fan, and um, that's why they're sort of going off on each other. But listen, um, it is business um, related, it seems. So you know, people can fall out through that, and I just think it's a it's a sad fact of life and, and the way stuff happens. But not good to see really that the Irish scene is. Um, Sort of become a little bit fractured because of this, yes. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. Like it is fractured, but it, it's better that it's out there. Yeah, like I, I, I feel like everybody knew this was happening. I was like the elephant in the room every time. It's like you're like just say that you guys have parted ways. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Um, you know, we're gonna have Tom on the show, Tom King, uh, to speak about this. He gave us his time. Very grateful for that. We did reach out to John for a comment, but in fairness, John just kind of said like this is a personal thing, like it's fair a business enough. issue, and that's fair enough. Um, John did give me an update as far as Emma is concerned because after Cage Warriors 110, Graham Boylan kind of suggested that he wouldn't work with Emma because John is the president of the body. And he said, you know, that's a conflict of interest. John is a promoter with Euro Fight Night. He's a close toys with Bellator. He's had beef with Graham Boylan online, let's be yeah. honest, like due to their affiliations yeah, with Cage Warriors and Bellator. So I can understand where he's coming from. but um, a lot of heat there. But John kind of said, like, you know, look, the reason why Emma weren't at Cage Warriors, first of all, and were at uh, the UFC and Bellator is because the UFC and Bellator offered them to uh, shadow them to, to see how yep. it, it self-regulates. So that would have been a learning experience for Emma. Um, Cage Warriors, unsurprisingly, did not afford them the same invitation. You're not all surprised that by that, I imagine, Noel? No, not at all. <laughs> I think, you know, Graham has said to you a few minutes, you know, Graham, you know, he's put a lot of eyes in this event as well. You know, he says what he wants to say. He goes out, puts it on the line and... Um, people are interested in what Graham has to say and you know he doesn't hold back and you know he he is right and I think you know as the lines you have there from John Peetsy which you'll tell the guys about now in a second or um, I can relate a lot to what Graham Boylan is saying and I agree with a lot of Graham Boylan saying yeah basically um, John kind of said look once the safety criteria is being met and 
you know, Cage Warriors have blazed a trail for safe MMA in fairness to them over the years. So, I mean, there was never going to be any doubt about them that's right, yeah. reaching that. So, I mean, he said once that's being being uh, respected and, and adhered to, there's no reason for us to get involved ever. Like, the only reason we were at those events in the past is because we were invited. Um, as far as the conflict of interest, John kind of agreed with, with uh, Graham. He was like, yeah, no, that, that will be a problem, you know? So, of course it will. And he said, you know, when the sport gets recognition, as in when IMA becomes the regulator, they have regulatory power. When they get government approval, they don't have that yet. But when they do, he said he'd be willing to step down as IMA president. And I, I feel that's quite admirable. Because, like, I mean, he's doing all the... Like, I mean, I know Dino Wade is one of the hardest yeah. working that's in that, in, in that uh, whole body. But, like, I mean, for, for John to stay at the helm of that... Until it's it pushed through, uh, until they get any kind of power, and then to step down, I think you can't, you can't, you can't argue with no. it. You can't argue with it. I have to say, you know, the only thing I'm frustrated with, Pete, and I said this to you, is that well, you know, why couldn't we got this update three or four? We've been waiting a long ago? time for We've some been updates. Waiting a long, long time for it, and you know, it's great that it finally come out. We're great, we're getting that kind of information. But why isn't this being filtered back to us on a more regular basis, where we don't have to keep? Um, harping on about it for yeah. literally months it's very very but, frustrating I mean, the but fact listen that, fair play to John for coming yeah, out and saying it the John got on the phone he spoke to me about it and, and that's what I was kind of saying to him yeah. when I was speaking and I was like you know when you speak about this it makes a lot more sense like I mean of course you, so you calm down a lot of hysteria of if you just make it be a bit more transparent Emmett I'm not speaking about John but um, yeah but, definitely but Emmett that's what we need and it is it's good that he's come out and, and, and given you words on it lines on it because it's very much needed and it puts our minds to rest for a little bit of time till we well when have people a few go what's questions. going on with Emma I can go yeah, yeah all right this is what's happening oh and also Emma will be getting ready they they say John said he, he they are ready to For actually propo- to to propose well, this to Sport yeah. Ireland they're going to have to go through IMAC which is controversial in itself because IMAC once described MMA as pornographic dog fighting sure it is <laughs> I don't I mean, disagree <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's going to be an interesting saga in itself which I'm sure will take some time but, but it's but crucial man it's that's you know it, it's crucial we get this put through and um, we get this resolved because it's only going to benefit the future of the sport in this country. So we need it. Um, of course, the biggest story in Ireland, uh, apart from Cage Warriors last week, was Tom King's beef with uh, John Kavanagh. And I, I did ask John to speak, and I, he won't, as I said earlier. And that's that's fine. you got to respect that. But uh, Tom did go through things in depth with us. And, of course, he spoke about the great win for Ian Gary and Omran on uh, Cage Warriors 110. And look forward to James Webb's uh, title defence in November, uh, later this month, should I say, against Natalia Frederick. Um, really can't thank Tom enough. What a coming out party it's been for Team KF Savage. over this last week. Um, they are doing tremendous things. One of the most talked, without a doubt, the, the most talked about um, gym coming out of Ireland at the moment, new gym. And um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of, of Renegade, who Natalia Frederick represents in, in the UK. Just what about your gym? My gym? Yeah. Oh, look, man. Flying seals or whatever you call them. I'm keeping that under wraps for a long oh, time. Sorry. It's, too, it's a conflict of interest. It's a conflict of interest. <laughs> but um, look, here's Tom anyway. It was great to see Tom, Chris, Ash, all the KF lads uh, in Cork. And uh, thanks so much to Tom for his time. Hopefully this clears up a lot of stuff people have been asking Definitely. about. And uh, we'll see you again soon. And now I am joined by Tom King, who had a huge night tonight. Uh, Team KF, two victories. And really, uh, one of the most talked about people in Ireland at the moment, one of the most talked about fighters in Ireland, uh, Ian Gary, with a huge win again. Um, it felt like a bit of a, a coming out party for you guys tonight, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this was an event on home soil, and you've got all this talent that now when it, in the Cage Warriors ranks. Does it feel like that for you as well? This is nearly like the new crop of uh, uh, future UFC talent in Ireland. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the fact that it's the first cage warriors show back in ireland in a, a number of years and uh just the performance the guys put on you know you had omran omran that's his that's his pro debut the kid's only 19 you know i know he looks about 35 but he's only 19 yeah. 
you know, and he looked like a seasoned pro. You know, he won every second of the fight. He took control. You know, he, he did all the stuff that uh, Chris uh, had worked on with him and the, the grappling exchanges. He won all the grappling exchanges, all the all the, uh, the classes he's done with me kind of paying off. And then you had Ian. I mean, you know, aside from the reception he got, which was unbelievable, Crazy. you know, he and he, he got caught with a shot early, was able to weather the storm and, you know, absolutely dominate the guy on the ground, you know. I've actually lost my voice a little bit now, screaming in celebration. You know the fact he finished the the, the rear naked choke. You know he blew the he blew the roof off the Neptune. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's like um, with Ian as well. I don't know if you agree with this, but uh, I felt as though obviously he did that interview with Sean Sheehan. It caught a lot of heat uh, with the Bellator thing. I was just like, it kind of changes things in a way because it was just a fight then uh, before that happened, and then it was all this expectation. Then I felt it was a new level of expectation because of course. Uh, Ian said what he said about Bellator, all these Bellator fighters are, are shooting back at him. And you know, they're at home hoping for this guy's downfall, right? Does that change things, do you feel, as a coach, like when a guy's preparing for a fight? And it's not so much the physical side of things, but I guess the mental side of things. Do you feel like that, that does make it different? It it could make a difference, but not to someone like Ian. He has that side of his mind under control. Um, and you can see it. He... he probably doesn't suffer from he suffers from nerves like everyone does but not to the same degree some other people do um, and I don't think that weighed on his mind at all and if you look at what he said you know what he said was you go the Bellator route for money and you go the Cage Warriors route to, to as a slow build to get to the UFC and that's true and everyone who came out against him were saying well look I'm earning an X amount of money more than you that's kind of his point you know so what he said was was pretty pretty factual I think maybe it hurt a couple of people but you know that's the truth you go to Bellator to make money and absolutely fair play to everybody doing that you know that's a great show the guys are making a few quid and that's brilliant but Cage Warriors is the best show it's the best show in Europe for the sport of MMA it's not about spectacle it's about sport it's about building the athletes up and getting those young athletes to the UFC we've missed a half a generation of fighters getting to the UFC. When was the last wave? The last wave was 2014. It's 2019 now. Where was the next wave of fighters? You know, we've missed a wave of fighters. These guys are, are 20, you know, 21. They would have been way too young you, three, four years ago. You know, this this wave of fighters, we've missed half a wave of uh, of getting MMA fighters to the UFC. You know, who have we got left there now? We've got Connor left there and we've got Joe. And they're part of the old guard. Where did where are the new guys? Why haven't the new guys come through? You have a new wave now, though. The fact that Cage Warriors have returned. You have Ian Gary. You've Reese there winning as well. Spectacular win. Brilliant. Delighted for that team. Great team. Very respectful team. Um, and this is the new wave. This is is the new wave. Those guys you see, you're going to see them in the UFC. And I, I, I firmly believe that. I remember when <clears throat> you guys started. Um SPG Swords as it was then, straight away, uh, Chris and you were kind of telling me, we need to recapture the atmosphere that we had when we had all those guys marching towards the UFC, when Cage Contender was here, and it was it felt as though everyone was just right on the cusp, and uh, there was this amazing energy, the golden era of Irish MMA it probably was uh, around that time. Do you feel like it can be done again? Because for a long time, I felt it couldn't. Um, 
I just couldn't see, as you said, there was no path there anymore. I didn't feel as though we had that conveyor belt of talent going towards the UFC. And now seeing the guys there tonight and even some of the guys that weren't on the card, like Paul Hughes, of course, and I know you go, you guys have a lot of fledgling pros there, like Taka and other guys like this, Adam Shelley, that people are very excited about. Andy Ryan is Adam Darby and all these guys. Do you feel like this could be a second Irish invasion? That's how Graham Boylan put it to me uh, last week. It is. I, I mean, you, you thought you wouldn't see it again. You're seeing it happening. This is what happens. Uh, guys don't suddenly appear on the UFC overnight. You know, when we were in the long mile, there's the, the, a slow build there. What happened was guys start winning Irish titles, start winning amateur titles, start winning um, uh, Irish titles, Irish uh, pro titles, then European titles, signed by Cage Warriors, and they use that to build towards the UFC. That's what happened before. And the systems that were in place then, we've put them back in to Team KF. And we've improved them. We've improved it with our experience, uh, our successes and failures in the past. And the team we have now, uh, you know, the, the, the first, the original invasion, the golden age, if you want, if you want to say, it was, it, was, it was some pool of people. You know, we had uh, Connor and Chris and Ash and Cahill and, and uh, Roddy and all the rest of them. But this is a much deeper pool. You know, we have these guys here. We've Ian, we've James, you know, we have Armand there. We we have a wave coming behind them, and we've a wave coming behind them, and we've a wave coming behind them. You know, we've we've got <clears throat> kids with huge potential all the way, you know, back to sixteen who are training in this. You know, so so you are going to see it, and you're not going to miss half a generation. You're going to get this. We're going to have the second Irish invasion. And then we're going to continue that. We're going to roll it forward. And it's not just us. It is, it is the likes of Rodney and Andy Ryan as well who's standing beside, standing beside us. Um, and, and I think once it starts, you know, it's not going to be spectacular at first. But you're going to have one or two guys will sign and then one or two more. And then there, the, the replacements will be there as guys retire. Other younger fighters will take their place. And, and that's the way it should be. And it's the way it should, it should have been. You know? And I think we are headed in that direction. Yeah, and I think I think the fact that it wasn't there is why this is so exciting. You know, that we had that break and now we can see it. I think that adds to it an awful lot. But I got to ask because, um, you know, you made a lot of headlines yourself in in the, in the lead up to this fight. Um, it seemed to be uh, Paddy uh, Hulan's book was a real catalyst for not only you but a lot of people coming out and explaining where the relationships kind of broke down with John Kavanagh. You were uh, very to the point. You gave uh, even a, a timeline as to how this happened. Um, and and you, you initially shared uh, just a, just an excerpt from uh, Paddy's book. He was referring to um, a time when you guys were all brought in and, and asked for €5,000 for your affiliation fee for SBG. Um, you know, I know you and John are so, we're so close. Uh, how, how, why was it this week? Uh, that that it, that you felt like you know I, I have enough of this. I need to tell my story, so to speak. It, it's simply down to the fact that Paddy's book came out. It's a fabulous book. Anyone who hasn't read it, go out, yeah, buy it. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I saw it there in uh, Easons. I think it was in the number one position, and it was there beside some random Irish rugby player's book. I'm not going to name them. <laughs> Again, to, it's Jamie Heaslip. <laughs> Again, to another Twitter storm. But it, it you know, the, the Jamie uh, Heaslip. You know, no disrespect to him. Came from a very good. good background comfortable background he had to work hard but his book probably should have been titled it's it's fairly straightforward lads you know you you have the talent you're gonna make it you know paddy's was you know his story is wild you know you know feral kids on horses and you know the the, the absolute abandonment of an area in jobstown 
You know, five-year-olds walking themselves home from the hospital. Five-year-olds walking themselves home from the hospitals. I mean, you, you, you have kids who, who have no one to help them with their homework, you know. Go to school, don't go to school, it's up to you, you know. Now, Paddy is, he's a bit of a wild, wild lad. He brought a horse home to live in the, in the back garden. But he was the first uh, kid in his, in, his, um, in his family to get a leaving cert, you know. And, not, and then you put that aside, we didn't know any of this stuff, you know, uh, beforehand, because he didn't talk about it. Um, you know, and then to go on and do what he did, you know, in the UFC and then his coaching role and then the fact he's he's owning and running his own gym and, and he's a, a politician now, a successful politician. And ama- absolutely amazing story. So if you're going to buy a book, don't buy the random rugby book, buy Paddy's book. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best books I've read in years. But there was a paragraph in that that detailed a meeting that we were called to. And it, it obviously Paddy has a long story to tell. I'm not the centre star in Paddy's life. It's a paragraph. And it says, the meeting happened, the five grand fee was requested, and Tom King was there. Okay, so people are under the assumption, a lot of people, not everyone, that I, as a, the second highest black belt in Ireland, I think the second highest SBG black belt in Europe, would have been on the same side of the table as John, and people would labour under that impression that's in the book the book was released that week so i put that out to explain exactly what happened and that i wasn't sitting on the same side of the table as john i was sitting on the same side of the table as paddy and it was to put that into context and really all i did was put a number of cold hard facts out there what happened who was there who said what put them in it was about four tweets took about 10 minutes bunged them all together so people could read it in context and that was it. And the, the storm, if you want to call it a storm, a few people have called it a storm. That's under people sharing it. And that's people are digesting facts and they're making up their own minds about it. That, that's nothing to do with me. The facts are the facts. This is the truth. That's what happened. You know, I have witnesses. I have the, you know, messages in writing, all the rest of it. There's a dozen people in that room. No one has come out to contradict me. So the facts are the facts. So really, I don't see... I do see where the controversy is, but I don't see why anyone would have ill will towards someone doing that. And in, in fact, the, the messages I've gotten, the, the wave of support I've got have showed me bar one or two responses um, that, that, you know, that's the case. People, the truth is the truth and, and, and that's, that's it. I guess, like, I mean, knowing everybody in Ireland who, who's trained jiu-jitsu or who, who has had even a passing interest in MMA will know that, you know, you're one of the first guys under John, you know, you're a very big deal in that SBG run as well. And it, it's like, did was this a gradual kind of um, a distancing between you and John? Or like, were you guys pretty close? And then this situation happened where you're brought to this meeting, you're asked to bring a solicitor, as you pointed out online. Um, this situation happens. Is that just completely out of the blue? Like, I mean, up until that point, are you kind of like, well... We're close. We're we're good friends. If he had something to put to me like this, he'd definitely say it to my, you know, say it to me in person rather than this kind of solicitor situation and a meeting. And you're basically told this is how much you owe us to carry that SBG name, a name that you have helped to build in Ireland, of course. Um, yeah, I mean that's what the, the case was that myself and John were. I mean, he was my coach. I was the first person he trained from white belt to black belt, and he was a friend of mine. And a lot of times we wouldn't go a day without, you know messages normally about training not always uh back and forth between us and um obviously i had set up uh, 
a, a branch of the SPG in Swords. It's on the other side of the city. Um, but we still had John over for seminars. He was he was down for, mm. you know, uh, two two seminars in our gym, packed out, got on great with him. Always had a laugh with him when I when I met him at fights. You know, a good relationship as far as I was concerned. Nothing had changed. And then, bang, out of the blue, a message appears on a group social media, which is for the SBG coaches in the association, that we were to go to a meeting on two days, that it was compulsory that we attended, that um, our, we, we should bring our solicitors, and that uh, John was too busy to answer any questions and not to ring him. And that was it. That's how we found out. So I, I think... You know, for anyone who's maybe upset or for anyone who's in um, SBG and they're circling the, ra- the, wagons, the, the wagons, that's what happened. So we, that's how I, I, was, I was notified of the meeting. So if, they, if they're in that situation, just read what I posted up. How would they feel? You know, what, what, did, you know would, would they agree that that's a, a good way to treat someone else? And, and a couple of other people have said, oh, oh, there's an attack on our team. This, this kind of, I'm not attacking SBG. I absolutely have... The utmost respect for the the guys coaching there, and the, especially the fighters, the competitors, the people training there. Those people were my uh, teammates. You know, uh, I coached an awful lot of those people. There's people. Uh, I think there's one or two negative comments that came out. People who were in my classes. I, you know, wish them the very best in their career, the very best in their training. I hope they do well. You know, those in Bellator. I hope you win. A Bellator belt, I hope you win a stack load of cash, enough to retire on, the very best to you. But this is what happened. I was a coach in, you know, of, of long-standing. It's not just me as well. Um, you know, there was me, there was Chris, there was Paddy in that room and a, and a number of other people. Um, anyone who hasn't kind of spoken publicly, I'm, I'm not going to name them. It's up to them if they want to put their name forward or not. Uh, they were all in that room and they were treated the same way. So it's not just me. You know, it's not just me. And it, you know, it, it, obviously it does annoy me that we were put in that, that uh, situation. I see it as, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a betrayal of, of uh, what we did in SPG and what we, what we helped, helped build. You know, between us, you know, I, I had taught classes for free since 2006. You know, I was teaching classes in 2006 up to 2012. I was paying full membership there. So I was paying membership and I was teaching classes. You know, it was costing me 115 quid a month in tolls to get across. John moved to Iceland for three months. I taught all his classes. You know, most of the time when he's away in the UFC, who do people think were teaching the classes? And again, not just me. It was me, Paddy, Chris was taking classes. You know, and the other coaches in the, in the, in the room, the ones who, were, who came up through that... Uh, system we're, we're doing that as well and we were treated as if we were you know blow-ins that we were buying into a franchise you know i was there when the team was based in a school hall and I used to put the mats out every you know every night and put them away in the evening you know that's that's where we come from so and and again that's just the facts you know um so if, if people want to look at the facts and think a certain way i can't control that but the, the facts are the facts were you surprised by the um, the amount of people who, not just you and, and you kind of saying you reading uh, Paddy's excerpt from the book, you kind of wanted to make sure um, it went down historically as, as you wanted it to go out. Like I mean, that you what side of the table you were on, etc. But I mean, Ashton Daly comes out and and she says how marginalised she feel, a legend, like the first world champion Ireland ever produced in MMA, a, a person who would have been synonymous with John. Then Joey Breslin, like 
when a nicer guy you couldn't meet. I've never heard Joey say a bad word about someone in my life. I know the guy probably a decade. Both of these uh, people come out and they they seem to attach themselves to to your your side of the situation and, and kind of distance themselves from John. Were you, were you surprised to see that so many people kind of this this wave of uh, you know people coming forward all stemming from Paddy's book? Were you surprised to see that? Uh, no, no, I I wasn't surprised. I think when Paddy had the bravery to write the book that he did, and again, we're talking about one paragraph in Paddy's book. Paddy's book is 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 a very brave piece of work from start to finish. And there's a lot more in his book, stuff about his personal life, stuff about the upbringing, um, this paragraph, his particular, and, but there's other stuff. I mean, in terms of the SPG thing, this paragraph um, is is not, let's say, the worst The worst to happen. Not, not the most damning, probably, thing about John that's said in the book either. No, absolutely not. Far from it. Yeah. you know. And, and again, I don't really want to go into the other stuff because that involves Paddy and John directly so i leave that up to people to read the book they can decide and if john wants to respond he can respond that's we'll have to park that but from what i've said that that's it's very mild to com- compared to what else is 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 in the book and again i did as you said i i wanted i wanted to set the record straight and say exactly what my place was in that meeting because paddy didn't have the space or the editors decided to take it out whatever happened the context of where I sat in that situation wasn't put there, and I think it is there now. Whatever else it is there now. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want to answer this, but do you feel as though we could see more people coming forward, or is that just uh, is that simply um, you know, is is that too suggestive to even kind of say at this point? Um, I I don't know, and again, it's up to people yeah, to okay. decide. And you know, there's obviously there was there's a dozen people in that room. Some of those people had affiliates who were who were paying from the start. Some were kind of new people who brought in, and and that's fair enough. Of the old guard who were in that room, that's up to them to decide whether they speak out or not. I'm certainly not going to speak on their behalf. Um, are they going to come out? I I I would have no idea. I know that there were a lot of conversations, um, behind. Let's say. We won't say behind closed doors. There's been conversations between people in that room in private. Um, and there's a lot more that have... There's a lot more people there who haven't come out who would be very vocal in those conversations. So not everyone has come out. Will everyone come out publicly? I don't know. Some people may not want to um, for whatever reason, and that's fine. And all those people in the room from again the affiliates who, who were who were new, who were not part of the old the old SBG, to the people who've come out, to the people who haven't come out. I'm cool with all those people. You know, they shouldn't have been put in that situation, I don't think. Um so I, I've no problem whether someone comes out or doesn't come out is not my concern. I think possibly there could be more. There definitely are more people out there who would be, let's say, sitting on the same t- side of the table as me. So there's a there's a lot more there, you know. It was noted by me, uh, a lot of a lot of media members, um, I was one of them, that uh, the SBG didn't really note James's middleweight title win, which was considered by us a huge thing because it was, uh, you know, a Cage Warriors title. This is where we were the last time when we started getting all these UFC guys going. And we saw, like, fighters, other SBG fighters, um, 
probably congratulate for like you know lesser things in terms of the hierarchy of the sport that, than the Cage Warriors title. Um, it was a few weeks after that I believe that it, the Team KF uh, split was announced. I always wondered was was that like the, a straw that broke the camel's back at all? Like the fact that like we're, we clearly aren't. Um, getting the same support as other uh, branches of this team? Or was, was there any idea like that? I mean, did it just get petty at the end? Like, here, we, we have to leave. Well, there's been no pettiness involved, certainly not from us. Um, yeah, J- like, James is, James was the... You know, there's only been three teams in Ireland. I think there's, uh, there's John's original team, there's Andy Ryan's and ourselves who have had a Cage Warriors champion. It's a huge deal. You know, it's a How huge long were you deal. guys going before when he's got that champion? It was like something crazy. It was yeah. like one or one year, two years. Uh, just just short of two years. Okay. Yeah, just short of two years. So yeah, an incredible achievement for the team, and it was done under the SBG banner. Whatever had happened before, it was done under the SBG banner, and yeah, nothing was shared, nothing was said about it. But we knew that was going to happen because at that meeting, part of the five grand package was the use of social media platforms, which translated into. If you do not pay us this five grand, we're not sharing your tweets. So we knew that was going to happen. You know, we hadn't paid the fee, so our tweets weren't going to be shared. And I think on the same day, there was someone had won a local grappling competition, and that was shared because they paid the fee. And that was as simple as that. So we knew that was going to happen. In terms of the name change, that that was more coincidence of time. I mean, if it was up to Chris, Chris would have changed the name. Not quite from the start, but probably maybe six months into it. And it was me who held him back because, well, I, I'm, you know, in terms of Chris is the head MMA coach, you know, a lot, and a lot of people have no idea into the work he, he put in to get the results across the line tonight. They've no idea. They've no idea the personal sacrifice he makes from time away to his family. He does what I've never seen any other coaches do. I'm not going to go into everything as well because he's a lot of uh, secrets in the bag, but he, he does amazing things with the team you know like he'll be, he'll be coming down at crazy hours on his own to, to give them the one-on-one time that they need he's put a lot of these systems in place like I, if, it, as far as an, an MMA coach I, I think in time he'll be recognised as the best in the world um, but he, he would have been gone after six months I held him back I was part of you know he's the head MMA coach I'm the the head Brazilian jiu-jitsu coach or, or at the martial arts side of stuff I'd be the head coach and I, I know I held it back because I was part of uh, a tradition with SBG I was a, a black belt with them and that kept you know I was loyal to that system and I kept to it and as far as I'm concerned the, the loyalty wasn't very well repaid and when that happened then the, the train was set in motion it takes a long time for a name change we obviously had a professional graphic designer Happens to be my sister, Joan. Shout out to Joan. Amazing logo. Went down very well. Uh, so so took her time to design it. T- took time to come up with the name. And that coincided um, just to, 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 to fall just shortly after James uh, had fought. But it wasn't really related to that. That wasn't the last straw that broke the camel, camel's back. We were told that we hadn't paid for the social media platform, so the, they were, the tweets weren't going to go out, so we knew that. So that it seems crazy, like, when we're talking about here, like, a, a social media situation, right? Like, was that was that a weird one for you? Um, I know you, you've, uh, you're a big, you know, social media celebrity now, but this is a quite a recent thing for you. I mean, you must have found it hard to get your head around that kind of pricing on such a thing. I'm 41. I still don't understand the thing. Like I, you know, I thought with this, I was just putting out a few bullet points there just to clear up a few things. Um, but you know, is it disappointing? Like I mean, you know, look, I I've fallen out with friends before. It's horrible. But like 15 years, like it generally doesn't happen, right? Like when you when someone's been around for that long, it's 
hard to get rid of them, so to speak. And this has happened now. Like, I mean, I'm sure you're past uh, disappointed or upset, but I mean, it must have been for a while where you were like, you know, is this the way this is going to go? Well, for me, going into that meeting, I thought I'd landed on a different planet, you know, and I still can't get my head around where this came from. You know, to be clear, it wasn't just John in the room. You had Matt Thornton and you had Travis, Travis Davison. But to sit a, a group of uh, fairly, well, some of us, fairly cynical kind of guys who've been through the mill down, and we were given a video presentation. It was like, it was like they were selling uh, like a timeshare or something. It, it was... Do you know that cheesy American video? And we like Lobo Gym in uh, out of uh, dodgeball, like when Ben Stiller is uh, advertising his gym kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was like uh, you know an American coach going how great SBG is and a big smile and a thumbs up to the camera and then some student. I'm going, lads, I was here when this was in a school hall. Like, why are you showing? Why are you showing me this? You know, I know what you're showing me to me, but you're showing it to the wrong, to the wrong person. So for me, like. I, I thought walk through a door to a different dimension. I didn't know what was going like I didn't know what was going on. I still am scratching my head. It was a two day meeting. Now this the the bit that I tried myself not to go on a rant, but I you know, they were talking about business, we're business experience, we're business savvy. Like I I I was coaching, I worked in business, you know, as a as a, a video games buyer, I worked for HMV and Extravision for years. And before that I ran stores for them. I've been in business for years, you know, for since the age of 18. I've gone to, to hundreds, if not thousands of meet, meetings. I've never gone to a meeting where someone is looking for something for you and they don't offer you a cup of tea or coffee. I've never, like, just the, the lack of respect. And we were told then, go out, get yourself some lunch. Didn't even provide lunch, right? And come back when you're ready. I'm going, lads, I'm going to get lunch. I'm going to buy Chris lunch. And I'm not coming back. How does that sound? So that was a two-day meeting. I was only there for half a day. Um, and, you know, did I find it strange? I found, found it absolutely bizarre, and I still do. Um, like, I mean, now, I know I know this is going on quite long. I'm very sorry about that. But uh, I feel like, you know, a lot of people want to know what's going on here. But, I mean, you must feel as though, you know, making that name change, going out on your own, the success you've had in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu this year is astronomical. The success of the MMA team has been astronomical. It must feel like a great move in hindsight, one of the best things you've done uh, based on, on, on this, the way it's taken off since you've done it. I think it's a, a blessing in, in, in disguise. Um, you know, we're delighted with the, we're delighted with the name change. And I think if this happened, it may have not have been something that, um, that we would have done, you know. We were accused, well, I was directly accused by the, the brother of the, the SPG vice president, uh, Ricky Davison. He said, I, I was a loser focusing on winners. Our, our, our team has a, a 90% success rate, a 90% win rate in MMA. I, I don't remember ever seeing a team with that, you know. And that's not coincidence. It's the systems that we put in place and the team that we've built. My own win rate, I was directly called a loser. My own win rate is 90%. You know, I've 14, 14 medals this year. I've, I've won eight gold. Decent, not bad. I've won eight, I've won eight gold medals. Like, I've more, I've more medals than the SBG hierarchy combined, you know, and then yet people associate with them turn around and call me a loser. I mean, they don't compete. You know, they put them quotes from Marcus Aurelius. He was a, a guy who was on the front line. I'm on the front line. You're not on the front line. So don't turn around and, and accuse me. Of that, you know, the name, but as I said, the name change, 
we're absolutely delighted with it. If this hadn't happened, we probably wouldn't have done it. We probably would have remained an SPG. We're Team KF now. This is this almost feels like a coming out party. You know the performance that yeah. the guys put on. You know, and then this is on the back of win after win after win, and it's only it's only going to build build from here. So we're delighted. Our team is delighted. The you know the messages of support that 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 we've got. I think the the goodwill that we've generated with anyone who isn't uh, isn't an SBG, and that's again that's not me. That's just me putting out facts. Is is amazing how we get how well we get on with other teams. I've already organised, you know, three or four cross training days with other teams. Or we have an open door policy. We don't charge a drop in rate. We always have people from different teams uh, dropping in and training. We were down ourselves down in T forty five jiu jitsu. They opened the door. They stayed late. They let us in. We had a few roles. Uh, James uh, did his rounds. Did his pad work. Brilliant. That's what we're about, you know. And and for the SBG guys out there, again, no ill will against the the fighters, the team, the coaches. That should be clear. Like if I met John at a fight tomorrow, I'd shake his hand. I'd shake Matt's hand. They mightn't shake mine, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's no there's no ill will. This is me putting out the truth of what happened to put something into context so people wouldn't get the wrong impression. The storm that's built up is. That's not me. I'm not sharing it. I'm not telling people how to think. That's down to people to interpret the information that they that they have. So this has happened. It'll die down. We'll move on. Fully independent team. And our guys are going in one direction. They're going up. And guys are going to the UFC from our team. Multiple guys are going to end up there. We're going to be a very well-known team around the world. Our jiu-jitsu team is going to continue to develop, give us the results. Um, and then the guys who don't compete are going to continue to train, you know, in, enjoy the team. We have a massive amount of people down from the gym here supporting a massive amount. Yeah, the hotel is filled with Team KF members. I don't remember that happening in a long time. Um, you know, our team is buzzing. The jiu-jitsu class there, the, um, last Friday, there's 40 people on the mats. And that's the fourth class of the day. You know, so, so you know, everything... That has happened. I, I'd rather it didn't happen. You know, I do feel a sense of, of betrayal over what happened, but it, it is a blessing in disguise for us because it led directly to the creation, not of Team KF. We were that team before, but the name, you know, having that name as our own is a bit, is, you know, it is a big deal. And, and that prob probably or possibly wouldn't have come without this. And that, you know, that's a blessing. Just finally, uh, obviously, James has that big rematch coming up um, in London against Natias. Um He feels like he's just there, thereabouts. That UFC thing, you know. Do you expect him to go to the UFC in say twenty twenty? Was that is that realistic? I think absolutely it is. I think if he puts on a performance against Natias, which he will, I think he's, I think you're going to see a very very strong performance. Um, it was a, in my view, a questionable decision draw. The last time, I think James clearly won that fight. He's he's going to put it beyond a shadow of a doubt this time. Um, he you know he's he's a man, he's a man on a mission for this one. And I, you know I think this this is going to put him, you know, on the road to the UFC for next year without a doubt. And from what I've seen, just finally, what I've seen of Ian Gary fighting in Ireland today, that's going to go down very well when it eventually happens in Dublin. And I think w without a shadow of a doubt, 
Team KF are going to be a huge uh, part of that show in Dublin when it comes back again. We're, we're, we're probably looking at a guy that will be the face of Cage Warriors um, in a few years to come. I, I even spoke to Graham Boylan today and he, he compared him to the likes of Paddy Pimblett in Liverpool, Jack Shaw in Wales. He thinks right now Risa and Ian together could probably bring that kind of atmosphere as the show themselves. But is it safe to say that James is the guy you're looking at as the first one from KF to get to the UFC? Is, is Ian the second one? Could it be 2021? He's talking about having five fights next year, getting to 8-0 and then just going straight in. What what's your plan? What, what what do you see it like? Like would you would you prefer him to remain cautious and, and take his time with this thing or or do you think twenty twenty one could be a real, realistic thing with him? I don't think uh trying to get Ian to be cautious would uh, would work. I don't think he's that kind of, of uh personality. Um and we're certainly not gonna try and shoehorn something like that on him. I think you're right. I think James will be the first fighter from Team KF in the UFC and that will possibly or probably most likely be next year. And Ian, Ian will follow, I, I would imagine, the year after, probably late 2021. I, I'm not, I can't tell the future, but that seems to be the projection that he's on. I mean, you look at him there today, his performance and the reception he got, uh, you know, he's, I think he's destined to be, uh, to be something special in the game. Um, and he, he is on that traje- trajectory, he's on that course. And we, we, we would very much expect him to be, to be the second one after James. We've done 30 minutes, Tom. I've taken way too much out of your celebrations. Um, is there anything that I haven't uh, touched on that you'd like to, to share or, or do you think we've put a nice bow on it there? No, I mean, that covers everything. But, you know, to to finish, if there's anyone there from any associations, any affiliates, um, any affiliates or groups who feel they're, they're pushed around by a large association, I'm there and I'm not the only one. There's, there's plenty of uh, black belt coaches in Ireland who, who are like that. I'm there to stand shoulder to shoulder with you. I'll offer you support. I'll offer you training with a, a second degree black belt. I'll give you advice and I, I won't charge you for retweets. So if there are anyone out, out there, send me a message and we, we, we'll take it from there, you know. Social media sensation Tom King. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks, Pete. Cheers. Thank you so much to Tom King. That was a, a truly, truly great amount of time he gave me. And this is also in the thick of it when the the celebrations are going down afterwards. And I take Tom away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Robbing him from his points. Yeah. Having to talk to you. What a nightmare. Nah, no, I fair play to him. Worse. He's a, he's a really, really appreciate it. And, um, I don't know if I'd be so welcome. No, you wouldn't. No, absolutely not. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, look. That's uh, that's what happened there. there. There's a bit more info on the situation. Um so let's move on and talk about what happened last week. We've already talked about Cage Warriors a bit, but I can't, I can't uh, stop singing its praises. It's absolutely unbelievable, Noel. Um, real excitement, real stakes, really regional. The next generation of UFC fighters are Cage Warriors. Um, you know, do we have anything else to say about this? I mean, let's talk about no. the performances, I guess. Yeah, Reese yeah. McKee uh, against Hakan Foss. Death, as he's known, Hakan Foss. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they should get that to Reese. After <laughs> yeah. that, we talked about the touch of death and evident, the man, you know, straight out, very tactical, through that job, and it was game over. Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just shows you the power. And I, it was very interesting as well, your, your interview with him afterwards. I didn't even realise Reese yeah. was left-handed. It's crazy, yeah. yeah, absolutely crazy. So, um, listen, the guy's going places. I think we've said it for a long, long time. We, we've known it, and um, you know why not? As I said earlier on, do that title shot with him and, and, and Ross Houston. Um, I think it's right. While the iron's hot for Cage Warriors as well, there's a lot of talk going to be 
um, around Ree going into that Ree's Ree uh, going into that fight if they do do it. Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Houston and, and Dalby, you know, there's, there's there's a lot of stakes in the line there. I think it could fast track one of them towards the UFC. Mm, mm. I, I just feel like Houston was asked to fight Dalby in Denmark at one point, and he wouldn't. Um, you know, but there's issues with the, with him as well. I like we talked about the Pal Harris stuff as well um, last week. So, you know, is, is everything sitting right there? You know, uh, in I mean, sorry, Graham spoke about this afterwards, um, and and I understand same thing as you said. Like a champion can't really be competing on in another promotion, I basically. Yeah, uh, even though it's not MMA, it's it's risking his health, and um, you know, I I don't know. Like, will Houston take that fight? Is Reese next in line? Is another question. Like, I mean, there's a there's a lot of good guys there at welterweight in uh, in in. Um, of course there the is, but, but the thing I I sort of think when you're saying that is... Like, I think he's ready look, to fight for the title. Yeah, you know? because if you look at what he's done a lot with, I know it's, it's it's a lot different at welterweight, but um, when you have a guy that has that star power behind him and an interest behind him, fast-track him, why not? And I think he's ready for it. Like, it's not as if he's had two or three pro fights. Yeah, you know I suppose I mean? he's been the champion of Bama. Yeah, and, and he's fought, like, he's you know, he did fight, who did he fight in Bama? Terry Brazier, he's a, he's a bloody feckin' welterweight. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, do it. Like, look how good he looked at 170. Mm, yeah, he did look really impressive. And, you know, whatever happens, whatever fight it is, like, it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be always fast. E- Like, I mean, even, even the beef there with Alex Ahore, I think that's a style yeah, match. Yeah, there you go. Again, man. that's another one. Yeah, that's incredible. And Alex sells fights as well. Alex talks a lot of brown, and it's good brown. He gets he creates interest, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> good brown. It's, you know, I'm up for that as well, like, either or. And I think Reese is... It was so important that all these guys won the other night. Like, I was, yeah. I was saying this before the event. Jesus, if, if one of these lads loses, it takes a lot of showing off. And they all come away with first-round knockouts. McKee, McCulligan, Gary. Yeah, I think, it, like, a lot was on the line for Joe. And I'll give Joe a little bit of credit here. Joe was very beaten up before that fight. He wasn't he even said it to me. You know, Ben Lactor, he hadn't fully recovered that was from a, that's that. That's, like, two savage strikers fighting each other. Like, him and Ben, yeah. uh, maybe ben, ben Lactor. Unbelievable what fight. What a fight. Man. Like, yeah. Cage Warriors fight of the year so far for me. And... Um, you know that fight to, to go out and take a short notice opponent coming all the way I know from Saudi it's it's a, it's a risk for him as well. People weren't even yeah. saying that, and he, he dealt with it fantastically. And uh, fair play to Joe. It was a lot on the line for Joe, and uh, Joe's Joe's right up there as well, man. He's saying all the right things as well. Like I mean, look, just on paper, right? If the, if they're doing an event in Belfast, imagine yeah. Reese McKeevy, Alex Lahore, Joe McCulgan v Paddy Pimble. <laughs> Come on, man. That's insane. I don't think... Uh, yeah, I, I think they do Joe Paddy as a headline somewhere else, though. I, I, I oh, would they, imagine. That, that, well, like, maybe, 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 maybe Reese's comment then. Uh, yeah. Because Paddy's the biggest not? name in Cage Warriors, Yeah, too. why not spread it out a little I bit? I love Joe actually speaking after the fight. He, the way he called out Paddy, like, it was like, look, I'm not I'm not disrespecting the guy. I think he's a savage. He just wants to fight I him. want to fight the best yeah. guy. Like, you know, is that is that too much to ask? <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it. I feel like Joe, the way he sells fights, and Paddy, the way he sells yeah. fights, that would be insane. Brilliant. That'd be mental. Like, the Paddy, the Joe said after the fight, like, this is the fight to make in 2020. I completely agree with him. It, that'd be mental. Make it. Like, there's no reason why they should not make that fight. But is it going to be bigger in, in Liverpool because well, Paddy's such a huge name there? I mean, it, there's a lot. I want to ask balance. you this question, and maybe it might be a bit controversial, and I don't really give a crap because, um, you know, we're, you know, we're paid to, to say our views, and, you know, is Paddy potentially not interested in this fight? Does he look at this as too much of a risk? Well, I think it's just hard for him because he's going to be fighting Donovan Desmay in two weeks, so it's hard for him to be like, oh, yeah, okay, after this one, I'll do that yeah. one. You know, and, and the fact that like the last time he was on the show, Paddy has a lot of injuries. Like He doesn't know how his body's yeah, going to hold up out there. So I, I respect the fact that he has a fight lined up. I respect the fo- fact that the star-making power that he has within Cage Warriors, yeah. like, Saren back uh, fights Paddy. Um. Yeah, he, he's off to the UFC. Like people, when they beat Paddy Pim, that you're, you go to the UFC pretty much. You know yeah, I mean? no, like no, no, I agree, I agree. And Nadine Armani is another example. Yeah, um, 
And Paddy, like for for Joe and Paddy, like uh, I don't understand. I think a, a lot of it will Big rest brilliant. in Paddy, rest with Paddy, what he yeah. wants to do. But we've got to factor in as well. Like Graham said after the fight, like that's a hard fight for us to make. Both of those guys are in intensity fight management. Yeah, and I think um, if Graham's looking at it from his point of view and an intensity fight management point of view, he's going to want both them to go to the UFC. It makes more money for everyone. So you're slowing down one basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the bottom dollar, man. And uh, it is the bottom dollar, literally. But McCulligan crushed Robbie Scott, man. Uh, Amazing performance. It was he devastated him, like, and, and he just looked so fresh afterwards. Mm. Um, you know, unbelievable. Well, Fatio. Like what about, what about Brad? Like what about Brad Warren? Did he say Fatio? Yeah. Oh, amazing. He did. He did. He got what one Fatio. He goes basically. Um, if this got a round three, uh, Joe is going to let me call me Fatio. <laughs> so he got a Fatio. <laughs> Fair you, play to Brad, Brad and Josh. You How dare you call me an effing scumbag afterwards? What a dirtbag. Does he think you're from Blanchestown all of a sudden or something? No, I did. Listen, I did give him a lot of grief all week. He said he had like several oh, fat yeah. shows. I'll, I'll show you. Like, I, was like, I was literally sending him the fat shit. Like, I'll, I'll probably even play if he's here if he's no, on. Like, no, no. But I did send him uh, the actual instrumental version. I thought the lyrics were a little bit. Ugh. So I gave him the instrumental and gave him a few options. But he said he'd do it. So he, he actually bottled it. Like, he said 100% I'd do it. So Joe uh, cracked the dawn. Joe cracked the dawn. He did. <laughs> he bottled it on. <laughs> Jesus. What about this Gary lad? Like, he's in Un- Cork, and unreal. it's like it's like Ian Gary Fever in the fucking arena. Unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable. And look, he, he came through adversity there as well. Like, fig like fair play to him. Cracks him early. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, Ian kind of told me afterwards it looked more wobbly than it, it, it was, you know, because he was oh, moving he backwards. Worse. No, he said, like, it looked less wobbly, should I all say, right. even. Because I was like, you got wobbled there. And he's like, no, I didn't. And I was like, all right. <laughs> uh, wonderful performance. Um, you know, the thing, and I said, probably again, we look at this fight. Uh, to his, his last opponent where he was able to make in cage adjustments at the time and that's what is probably more impressive to me that Beautiful. he can adjust his game under adversity and he did that again the guy is so mature as well when you hear him speak afterwards he knows the fight game he's he, polished he, man he, he's polished yeah, yeah. That, that's the word um, he used he's going to get better and better and to think he's only 21 years of to age to have that right? IQ like to, to, to get hit like with a good shot yeah. and then take the fight down yeah. immediately and even Definitely. the way his leg his leg um, the way it kind of went behind uh, Figlak's leg as he was applying the rear naked choke lovely little details there really really good and you know Know, just he seems to have it all. Yeah. Like there's no there's no part of him where you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna struggle there. He, he doesn't struggle with anything. You know. And then you hear him on the mic destroyed. afterwards as well, and it's the complete total package of what a mixed martial artist would be. He's Knows like he's running around talking to every fan there yeah. at Cage Warriors. He's giving everyone his time. This fella's this fella's gonna be a superstar if he keeps yeah, going the way he is. Definitely. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I feel like if I they hope do, he carries on the way he's. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I feel go. like uh, if if they do a Dublin show at the end of 2020. That would be huge for him. It would yeah. be mental yeah, for him. Yeah, listen. Uh, I would get like, Adam Barbie I, I, from Rhino. Make him go pro as well. Get yeah. him out there. James Sheen. James Sheen. Sheen all these his. lads. Mental. What they need to do with him is give him two more fights um, before maybe June next year. Two or three more fights. I, I'd like to see him take a little bit of time off now to Christmas. Two after Christmas. And then potentially look at a co-main. Once a fight five, yeah. You want to fight. Why not? Uh, John Mitchell. Sensational performance in his pro debut against a very, very tough Eric Nolan. And... Paul Redmond speaking after it, like, you know, it feels like Eric could make featherweight. I think I, I spoke to Eric myself afterwards. <coughs> Boy, so, such a dangerous fighter. He's yeah. all the hallmarks of Team Rhino, those beautiful little bu- hooks to the body. Left hook drops John Mitchell early on. This lad known for his striking prowess. Eric dropping him. Unbelievable. Was Andy there? He wasn't. Andy or Red weren't there. Oh. I did see Keith McCabe and uh, the butcher. Dermot O'Bookley. So it was, uh, it was great to see those lads. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. On the uh, the cage warriors, uh, Nathan Fletcher started off the main car with a rear naked choke win. Unfortunately for Jack McGorry, so well followed down there, um, didn't get the win. Decky McAleenan gets his first cage warriors win, which is great. And um, 
Cahill Manning, Omron Shaban from um, Team KF there, and Patrick Lahan, I just want to mention as well. Insane knockout yeah, he so got much. there. Uh, huge uppercut, I believe Andy Stevens put out the tweet. But a brilliant event all in all, and I'm very excited. I'm a bit jaded, and when things like this happen, it changes everything, right? It does. We have a whole new thing to look forward to. It does. To it's great. And it's, as we said earlier on, momentum, momentum is key in mixed martial arts. And it's going to give Cage Warriors a lot of momentum on a 2020. And I think everyone's excited. And I, listen, How I, do, Irish I disagree, guys in the US I disagree with you. I like the little bit of time off that they're not coming back here. I think it starves oh, yeah. the market. People put more eyes on them when they eventually come back. Builds it up a little bit more. And you know, I'm not, I'm not too fussed But are they going to fight before then? You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, well, I'd say yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but but yeah. I think I think maybe Reese McKean might take it. But off. I mean, I'm not I'm not giving out. Like I mean, it's just one slight detail. Yeah. Like ideally, if it was in March, it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. Um, tell me about UFC Moscow because it was like being in a vacuum at Cage Warriors, man. Yeah. Nobody was talking with the UFC. <laughs> Listen, no, there was there was some really good performances. I think um, a lot of decisions on the night, but I think the ones to take away from I don't know if you saw that front kick from Magomed and Kaleev uh, against Dalsha Lumjiambula. I was really looking forward to that Unbe- one. Snap, and I missed it. Honestly, unbelievable. Go back and look that out. That was an unbelievable um, front kick from him. Um, Danny Roberts as well, man. We talked about it last week, right? A lot of Russians put to the sword on that main card, apart was, from the main and co-main. There was. And Khabib's husband as well in the first round. Conor McGregor had a, a number of tweets about that during the night. He was uh, over the moon. Oh, deadly. He never does that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have to give a shout out to Danny Roberts. We talked about it last week. Um, really good boxing clinic from Danny Roberts there. Unbelievable left hook. Um, we to, put out an article about Selim Imdayev. Beforehand, kind of saying, like, if I fought that. Pereira again I'd yeah. him out. I really feel like that's a that's a huge possibility and the people in the comments oh, oh what are you doing uh, have you seen this fella knockout people have you seen yeah. his end camp knockout have you seen the shit he's done have Look. you seen him trading with Mike Rewind yeah yeah the yeah. broadcast I watched it last week unbelievable unbelievable sleeping shot and from, what about uh, Davey Roberts. Grant making his uh, every Davey's five year appearances <laughs> yeah, Davey's a great guy I love the guy SPG Manchester lad and uh, he's a good dude and I was glad to he's see great, him he's great man I was glad to see him he's had a lot of injuries man Davey over the years, and um, I'm just glad to see him back with a with a good win there. Hopefully, you can keep that momentum going to uh, yeah. into um, yeah, definitely next year, March, and there get in two or three, or four fights in a year. That's that's what he needs. That's I what don't he think wants. I don't think Dave is going to be happy with his career until he fights one of the top bantamweights in the UFC. And like 100%. people forget, he but he he beat Marlon Vera. Yeah, you know yeah. Like, I mean? like, <laughs> it's just about getting momentum. We say it again. We use it every week. It is that word, and that's what Davey needs in in 2020. Yeah, um, is that not the wrong way around? I no, think. Penny Penny won. All right, okay, yeah. Um, that was a good win there for for Penny. <laughs> I didn't see any of the prelims, I'm not going to lie. All to right, you. sorry, man. Um, and David Zawada with a much-needed win against uh, Abu Kar, as you said there yeah. earlier. Zawada was on a two-fight skid before that one. My man Roman Kopolov, yeah. one of my prospects yeah. to watch in 2019. Robertson took him down. Robertson's a beast. Like That's a hard fucking first fight, man. Jesus Christ. Um, are you upset? I'm crying are, a little bit. A little I was bit, crying a little bit. Tell me about uh, Greg Hardy and the co-main, if you can. I want to just mention Ed Herman first as well. Sure, was man, we said it last week. The dude is tough as fucking nails. He just went for three rounds. Solid, 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 relentless, relentless stuff. And interesting to note, Ed Herman said afterwards, he said he doesn't know where his MMA career goes from here. He's had a lot of injuries. He feels beaten up. He just feels tired. Understandable, so man. The guy's always in a, in a war. And again... He's been fighting since the First World War or something. Yeah, he's class. He's, he's brilliant. I love watching the guy fight. Um, Greg Hardy, listen to me. I know you I know. Listen, I've changed my mind so many times about Greg. I actually he's thought, a big fan. I thought he made noticeable improvements from his first to his second fight. You didn't. Then I shot him after <laughs> what he did with the inhaler <laughs> because didn't. it was the second one last week. And in fairness to him, man, 
he did fucking well. He did, you know, he used his athleticism. He hurt his hand actually in the first as well. Did you get the inhaler out all the night? No, stage? he didn't. I was, I was, exp- I was waiting for something to happen. Nothing happened. I thought they, they, I don't know what was going to happen. It was something <laughs> mental that I poke him on purpose or something. But listen, didn't happen. Thankfully, Volkov clearly won the fight. But listen, man, Greg Hardy, you know, he was in there. He didn't. He was look definitely out. in there. <laughs> no, but no, but he didn't look out of his depth. You know what I mean? Don't be just smart. Did he not know? Not really. No, and it was really impressive. Was, was Alexander just it. being very conservative because and it was noticed? that he hurt his hand as well but, in the but, first. But I mean, did, did you, like, was Volkov being conservative against him or was he? Not really, no. He was trying to, trying to get after him but he's a quick dude, man. Even yeah, from the yeah, get-go, yeah, he yeah. went... He's he went... <laughs> did he? He just... <laughs> <laughs> his athleticism is um, obviously one of his key facets and man, the dude can hit as well but he obviously hurt his hand the first took away weapon. He was crying and all afterwards. I actually felt a little bit sorry for him. What? Yeah, <laughs> I did. He I did. I felt, yeah, he was crying. He was so disappointed with his performance. And that was crying. Greg Hardy. He was ah, so disappointed. River, he was so, so disappointed with his performance, and maybe that says a lot about man. I don't think he's as as, as bad as people are making out to be in terms as a, a fighter. In the okay, cage. all right. I'm, all not, right. I'm not saying he's a good person. <laughs> Once we have that yeah, clear no, up, that's definitely clear. I heard yeah. everybody was complaining that this wasn't a five round I mean, main event. Ah, uh, listen, I'm not that fussed about it. Like. I think actually Calvin Qatar probably would have won. I heard Zabit, it was very close. Zabit, yeah, Zabit didn't do five. I'm convinced because I don't think he's the gas tank to do. I was very concerned about his gas tank, man. He started noticeably fading after Zabit. midway midway through the second round in that fight, and uh, it was close. Now I did have a tip for, for Zabit, but I think that's possibly one of the reasons why. Um, well, I, you know, it was obviously you know supposed to be a different main event. Um, but I think maybe there's, there's issues there with the gas tank. That's a big worry going into 2020. Um, you know, he's going to be looking for a title shot next year. I, I still don't think he gets Max Holloway. Calvin Cater, like, tough fight. Tough dude, right? man. Yeah. And the guy can throw bombs as well. Like, How you know. about Chris Fishgold got Calvin in his debut? And yeah. Fucking, that's horrible. There you go. <laughs> but listen, it was a great technical fight. Very, very good stuff. But, um, yeah, I'd just be a little bit concerned about um, about Sabid. He just looked he looked like he really did, did tired midway to that second going into the third. I had to watch KSW 51 this morning. Was it good? Um, it was very good, yeah. Marius Pujanowski, main event win over Erko Young. Kind of like Moscow in the respect that a lot of the Balkan guys didn't do very well. Just saying Moscow. Moscow. Uh, Boris Mankowski bet uh, Vaso Bokasevich in the, in the co-main event. Um, obviously, Vaso was there five years ago. He comes back, massive fanfare being in that neck of the woods. Um, he's from Montenegro, I believe. And um, Mankowski choked him out. Beautifully. Uh, Anton Rakic, a big win for that neck of the woods. Uh, Croatian becomes the first bantamweight champion uh, with a win over Damien Stasiak. Stasiak actually really started very well in that fight. Um, Alexander Illich suffered a defeat to Cesare Kesic. Um, that would have been one of the fights that a lot of people would have been looking forward to over there. So that's that's a bit of a, a disappointment for Alexander, I'm upset, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Torres as well beat uh, Philippe uh, Pejic. That would have been disappointing as well, unfortunately, for the crowd. But um looked like a tremendous event. I think I saw uh, 11,000 people in attendance for wow. an event in Zagreb, their Very first good. trip there. I think it's really, really good. And imagine if they had Saldich on that card, man. It would be would have been out of this world. I'd say they could sell twice that maybe with that guy on the card. Definitely. Um, also, just wanted to note um, about Octagon there selling 20,000 20, tickets. Unbelievable. Uh, the Czech Republic, I believe it. It's, it That's it right, from Prague. Him. Yeah, um, really amazing things. Um, don't really know an awful lot about the fighters. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to no, pretend we, I do. We were only notified it by one of our listeners who's from the Czech Republic, yeah, yeah. Emil Korda. And, um, you know, 
it, it's obviously not very well promoted on social because all you it's obviously you know, huge there though right huge there which is amazing and I think it's it's great for the scene there but uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about it and I must see if we can pull up that fight anywhere online yeah I think they sent I us a, a link cracker. to it I just look lads there was way too so many fights so busy, on so yeah of course um, but uh, brilliant it's great to see yeah, for 100%. sure but I'm not going to sell you some wolf tickets about how I think this guy needs to work on his cardio or yeah. some bullshit because I don't yeah. know what was going on yeah. Um. We have big Paul Craig with us this week who got the fight that he called for on Eurobash a few months ago. He is fighting Shogun Hua at UFC Sao Paulo this weekend. Um, so we are going to talk to Paul Craig and we'll be back in about 10 minutes to look at what is to come this weekend in this never-ending wheel of events after events after events. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's crazy because like, Shogun is one of those guys that... It immediately makes me think of when I was first getting into the sport. My brother was getting me into the sport, and he had all these highlight videos of Shogun, who was just, you know, a young kid, basically, from Shootbox, who, who was in Pride at the time. And, you know, he always has that kind of mythological kind of thing about him, where he's one of these... He's kind of old school, but he's also present. <laughs> but um, how did this come about, right? Because it is quite short notice, and I know you wanted it, but this fight, how did, how did, when did you first hear about it, that it could be a possibility? So uh, one of my friends had messaged me um, saying, did you see Shogun Hua's uh, opponent pulled out, which was Sam Alvey. Um, so then we had uh, sent a message to the UFC and uh, the UFC had said, listen, we'll, we'll put it to him and we'll see if he's interested in taking a fight. Both myself and my coach had this conversation, you know, why would they not take a fight? That's that was that's what we kept saying to each other. Why would they not take a fight? He's Shogun Hua. He is a co-main event. He needs a fight, and I'm I'm a a favourable opponent for him. In regards to he could get somebody in that division who's an absolute stud, or he can get somebody like me who's maybe I'm maybe I'm underselling myself here, but who's not as studdish, if you will, as the other guys there. So I was like, he, he'll definitely take it, he'll definitely take it. And then we, on Monday, that uh, Shogun was uh, was going to accept the fight, we had received the contract, and before I'd even signed the contract, the fight was already released. Um, somebody got a hold of it, and and then, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how it happened, but um, I'd, I'd went into the gym, and it came back out, and... There was my fight, and everybody knew about it. That's amazing, man. It's amazing. And, and I'm wondering, like, you know, what what does he mean to you? I mean, do, do you have the same kind of thing when you were getting into MMA that you were, you know, watching those old school Shogun Ryu or highlight reels? Or, or was it just one of those guys that you know was in that legendary pack? Does it have any personal meaning for you, or is it just in the broad sense of things he's a legend of the sport? So I'm I'm relatively new to the sport. I'd only really taken the sport up like seven seven and a half years ago. Like my whole MMA career has lasted about seven eight years at the most. That's crazy. And he was one of these guys who and he was one of these guys who I knew about and I was interested in watching him. I like his style, and I would always said like if I ever got to fight him, he'd be the guy I'd like to fight. I think stylistically matching matching me up with him is a really really favourable fight for myself as well. So it's, it's honestly we went into the gym when we actually signed the contract, and I could barely hit pads with the excitement. I felt like a, a schoolboy. I felt like a, a, a schoolchild um, uh, waking up on Christmas morning and getting this present. 
That's amazing. <laughs> what, what do you say to people who kind of like? I, I saw this a bit. Like um, our own Guillermo Cruz put out the story that this fight was happening. He's our Brazilian correspondent, and I saw people in the comments saying like, "Oh, it looks like Paul Craig's getting his opportunity against the ghost of Shogun Hua," and I'm like, "This guy just knocked out Tyson Pedro." Like, I mean, what like? What do you guys want? I mean, did you hear a lot of that? that the, the opinion that he's on the slide, does that take away from this when uh, that's the opinion of some of the fans out there? Um, you know, he's still a very dangerous fighter. Regardless of his age, regardless of how he turns up to a fight now, he's still this dangerous fighter who has, what we're talking like, let's say 15 years plus of experience of fighting high-level opponents. So for him to say that he's not got it is why don't they step in the octagon with him and see, <laughs> and see how long they last? You know what I'm saying? Like when somebody's like, ah, he's not got it anymore. Like, all right, just then you come and jump in there and see how you do against them. So he's an experienced opponent. He's um, he's he's probably not the same athleticism wise as he was back in the day. His body shape's changed, but that's to be expected. But if you've got the skill. Like he does, you never lose that. It's like um, when you watch football players like Ryan Giggs or Paul Scholes and you see them and they're still playing like, you know, low-level football and they've still got the vision. They can still see it. They might not have the legs to physically do it where they used to, but they can still play football at a high level. Form is, uh, what is it? Form is temporary, class is permanent. Isn't that what they say, Paul? Yep. Yeah. That is. And uh, he's, he's got the class. And I know I'm I, I'm coming across here as being like a spam boy and being like, but no, I'm no. getting there to put on a, a performance. I'm getting there to, I, I, I really want to win. That's like, every time I step in the octagon, I want to win and I want to win uh, in the most easiest way possible. And for me, that is grappling. But you can't really, I, my striking has improved so much since I started fighting in Bama to now where I'm at. So who knows how this fight goes? It's um like the, is it daunting going over to face a Brazilian in Brazil because of the uh, you know a lot of people say it's very difficult to fight over there due to the the hostility in the crowd and as you said like this isn't just any Brazilian you're facing right like this is a legend of the sport a, a pride champion a UFC yep. champion you know is is that daunting in some kind of way? Um, I think it, it gets me that we aspire you know that spark I quite like that I like going to the lines then. And, and going in days then and having a wee steal, you know, stealing that victory from him. Um, that's what I'm looking to do. I've always been, I always go travel to another country for a fight. I've been very, very lucky in my UFC career to fight twice in the uh, UK. Every other fight's been out with, and it's been in the US, Mexico, Australia. I've, I get to travel about, and for me, that's a bonus that comes with this job. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, the one thing I notice about this fight, and I'm very, I'm, I'm really happy to see it, is the fact that they have given you like a, a, a notable, like one of a, a big name in the UFC, a guy who's already established there. Because I got a, had a feeling like they, they, it just felt like they were lining you up with all these undefeated prospects, 
one after another, one after another. And, and I mean, I was kind of like, well, yeah. when, when's he going to get this big opportunity? Like, and when you said Shogun, I think it was six months ago when you're on the show, I was like, yeah, that's that's perfect. Like, I mean, is that mean a lot to you as well? That instead of maybe taking on an unknown guy where you're bringing all the name value to a fight, you're taking on the legend this time. He he's the guy who's who's known so well all around the world. Does that feel good? It does feel good, you know. As you're saying, I have always been like the gatekeeper for the UFC. If you can beat Paul Craig, you deserve to be in the UFC. If Paul Craig beats you, then there's a good chance of getting kicked out of the UFC. And now that I've, I've I've sort of paid my dues, you know, that's eight fights I've had in the UFC, two contracts. Now moving into my third contract, first fight, and I get an opportunity like this. And both myself and Brian, my coach, spoke about this, and we were like, "That's an opportunity. We can't pass this up." Like, it's going, looking at myself and Shogun Hura's path, we're both in different paths. If he wins or he loses, he goes in a different direction through the way I go. If I win or if I lose. And the only opportunity that I believe that I would get to fight him is if I take it last minute and it, it, it turned off at the right time. I come off that camp uh, uninjured from Mexico City. Um which was a bonus, no injuries, had a really, really good fight camp with regards to the cardio output, it was through the roof, I'd slept in that oxygen tent, which just increased my uh, red blood cells, it made, a, made me have more oxygen, I felt amazing, I'd come back, and then this opportunity, and I just went straight back into the gym. I never ever uh, see out a camp like when I'm not fighting, I never ever just decide to go, oh, you know what, I'm going to have 10 Big Macs and 5 pizzas and just drink loads of beer. That's not my lifestyle. My lifestyle is, I thought I love this. I've not got a long shelf life in this world. I don't believe I'm 31, I'll be 32 next month. And I don't believe that uh, I see myself fighting or taking the damage that I'm taking just now uh, in my later life. I can't I can't justify it. Uh, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a, a an idiot and I know the damage and I know what it can do to you later on in life so I want to get as many fights as I possibly can this would be if you look at a, a full year this would be my fifth fight so starting for Australia at the end of last year to now fighting again in November five fights so it's fun yeah, it's pretty amazing man it's, 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 a, it's, it's a very active streak you're on for sure Like, and, and, and you know I, I just get the feeling that, you know, people kind of ham it up. Uh, you know, be, before you fight, like, I feel like nearly every fight you've had, people are going, oh, if he loses this one, and you're like, he's even in the UFC or else, you know, like, he has a pretty even record here, guys. You know, I, I feel like nearly every fight you have, people are, are kind of talking like that, and sometimes it's just not accurate. Um, do you get that sense? Yep. Like, is, is, there a, is there a constant insecurity for you, or is that just people talking? Like, do you just say, all right, leave them to that, um, I'll get on with my business? No. I kind, I kind of believe that, you know, sports about entertainment. Uh, as much as, as I about the martial arts, it's entertaining. You need to have an entertaining factor in this. You could be the best fighter in the world and with no ring presence or no charisma and you'll not do well in this sport. You need to have something. And um, I just feel like if you're not performing, you're not entertaining the fans, then there's an opportunity for the bosses to just say, listen, we'll, we'll, we'll see you later. Um, you look at guys who have been released, you had, um, was it Enrique De Silva, who was outside, joined about the same time as me, the heavyweight Enrique. Yes. And he was released as well. You had um, guys like, uh, is it, it's not, recently, was it Walt Harris, who 
couldn't arrange a contract and then obviously was out. For me, I want to fight in the UFC. That's what I want to do as a job. And I need to put on performances and I think sometimes that it opens me up because I need to go out there and have that win. And I can understand why people look at me and say, well, uh, Paul Lizzie, this is him, he's, he's, he's gone, this is his last fight, this is his last contract, blah, blah, blah. And I like that, it gives me that, that stuck, it gives me that, I actually, it gives me that back against the wall and I need to perform. And this is what this is going to give me. Two-week fight camp, going into the lion's den, fighting against this legend, I feel like, right, I am the underdog, I need to rise above the occasion and get this done to show people that I can, I can actually fight. I deserve to be in the UFC. I've just got one final question. That's all great stuff, Paul. Thank you so much um, again. But uh, I've just got one final question about your meeting with Bret Hart. You look so happy in that picture, man. <laughs> Can you tell us about your meeting with uh, the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be? I was just about to say that. You take words out of my mouth. You know, I felt like a wee boy. Because I grew up with a bigger brother, and we used to watch the wrestling. And uh, I always wanted to be a fighter. Like, I looked at this guy, and he wasn't the biggest he was the best and um, his his charisma everyone went along was amazing and getting to meet him and him getting to sign uh, I felt like a bit of a child going up with, uh, with a Funko Pop it's like a plastic figure and he was away signing it honestly I'm 6 foot 4 and I'm standing next to him and I was all chuffed with myself both me and myself and my partner went and uh, we were both Bret Hart fans it was just an amazing and then he starts telling his stories and he's not as sharp as he once was but you know what, his story and his life is rich. It's amazing just to hear him. And uh, obviously then talk about the Montreal screw job because he's like, he must, he's sick of talking about that. <laughs> I'd say everybody asks him that. Yeah, straight away, I'd say it's the first question out of everyone's mouth at those Q&As. Well, that's, that's exactly and um the, the like, sort of compare was like, okay, guys, he's not taking any questions on the Montreal screen job, so don't bother asking. And one of the guys went up there and uh, asked this question, and he's like, so, um, but he wants it in such a way where he's like, so when you um, sort of reformed the Heart Foundation and then all that stuff happened, can you tell me about all that stuff that happened? And he's like, you want to, you want you want to hear about the screw job, don't you? And he's like, eh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so it's, it's like everybody wants to hear it, but he must be sick of just talking about that. But for me, this, like, I, I, I love this sport so much because it gives me the opportunity to meet these guys. And I talk to these guys about MMA. And, like, last year I got to meet uh, JR, who's a massive MMA fan. Uh, I got to meet Chris Jericho, who isn't. He's like, I just don't get it. I, I just don't get it. And I'm like, well, it's like it's like what you do, only it's real. And he's like, I, I, I know, but I just don't get it. Um, and I, I, like for me, getting to meet, like getting to meet, getting to meet my idols, like guys as a teenager and younger as a child that I grew up watching. I get, I, I'm, I'm meeting them. Like I got the opportunity to meet Bessie Clyro as well, and like it's blown my mind. And inside, like I'm, I'm like screaming. Like this inner child of mine is going like Paul, 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 Paul. You get to meet this guy, and uh, outside I'm, I'm trying to make cool. But don't get me wrong, I'm sweating like I've done five rounds with Bret Hart. I'm just constantly sweating with nerves. But this sport it just gives you so much. It takes so much from me. And it takes so much time and like time I should be spending with my family, and I can't because like for instance last night it's uh, 
they had those fireworks displays that I couldn't take my kids to. Um, I miss out on trick or treating with my kids because I've got to give this camp my all. Absolutely, man. It's uh, it's incredible. But that's a great story about you and Bret Hart. I better let some other media members talk to you because I know you're you're on a bit of a shift there in terms of media. But uh, a pleasure to speak to you and all the best to you, Brian, and the Scottish Hit Squad in Brazil, my friend. It's a it's a huge fight, and I'm glad that you're finally getting one. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, hopefully, I'll speak to you after the fight, and I'll be like, "Hey, getting back as always." <laughs> That sounds good, man. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I'll talk to you soon, Paul. Hey, man. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. I'll see you later. You too, man. And thank you very much to Big Paul Craig, who I'm sure is being buoyed by his meeting with Bret Hart a couple of months ago. Amazing. No, no. He he stepped away from that a couple of years ago. You keep it current, don't you, McGrath? (laughs) (laughs) Just don't don't think that's a... That's not a very bad question to ask, is it? No, what do you mean? Let's have a look at that card, though. I mean... Two big European interests in the co- in the main and co-main with Jan Blachowicz taking on Ronaldo Souza, Mr. Jacare as we call him in this neck of the woods. Um, Two oh five. How do you think Jacare is going to get on there? Do you feel like he can be a perennial title contender? No. Hasn't looked well for the likes of Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold, who've all tried to do this recently. The older nuts, they're they're <laughs> they're, they're struggling. They are. No, it's it, it is. I think you know Jacare has not impressed me in his last number of bouts, and I think. Maybe he is on that downward tra- tra- trajectory. Never say, say it for me. Trajectory in his career, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> beautiful synergy here. Um, and I think, yeah, it is. You know, it is Blackovitz's fight there to win. He's been on a roll recently, and I, I can't look past him. And I don't really, I don't think a lot of people. I think you know, if you look at the odds, it's going to be very much in, in Blachowicz's favor because. Um, I know it's in Brazil, but I don't really care. I think that guy's overcome enough adversity to go out there and get a result against uh, Jacare, and I, I do fancy him, I do, because I've been very impressed with some of his performances recently. That's a good point, actually, because, I mean, if you think about the amount of people that were already booking Luke Rockhold v. John Jones before Blahovic even fought him, like, I mean, it, they were writing him off, right? Like, so it's, it, Don't write him he, off, man. No, no, he has a left hook for you. There, don't that write Polish him off. steel. Don't write him off. He's a tough dude, and he can go, you know, and he's durable as well, like, you know, mm. he, he's... He's not one of those guys that, you know, he gets tapped and he goes down. Like, look at what he did to fucking Chris Weidman, as you said there. Like, the guy has a lot of tools in his, his repertoire. And I just think Jacare is a fading force. And I think it's going to be very evident on Saturday night. I, I think Blahovitz is going is to do this. I, I'm very, very uh, confident he is. Paul Craig gets to call up the fight Mauricio Rua as we spoke to him about just there. A huge, huge opportunity for Paul Craig. It's a massive fight. A legend in Brazil. Like. It's a massive fight. And it's just a tough one to, to read here because, like, Paul, man, you know, again, in his last fight, pulling it out of the bag. But we've sort of, well, I've questioned Paul's maybe um, cardio in a number of his bouts where he sort of faded a little bit going in after the first round even. And I think... But he's so know, many third-round finishes, it's yeah, hard to even it's, say, it's, it's, right? It's mad. It's yeah. bizarre. It is very bizarre. He seems to come to life right at the death when it needs it the most. And that's a great thing to have in your locker, to know you're able to do that. But last time, yeah. now we made quick work of Anisha's, obviously. That's right. But, but like, Shogun, like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are we going to see from Shogun? You never know what you're going to see from him anymore. You know, it's so erratic. He's he, he hasn't been the same fighter for the last three or four years. It's Paul Craig's fight probably to lose. Is that a fair comment to say? I don't think it, it is, is it? I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard, like, because it is, it's a big step up, man. Because as Paul said in the interview, like, he's going from fighting these debuting pros to fighting, like, this yeah. legend of the game. They have a sim. they have a, um, an opponent they both face in Tyson Pedro yeah. um, obviously Shogun's still putting Tyson away um, in his last fight there last December but it's been a long time since we saw him I mean the last time I saw him fight live was against Anthony Smith in Hamburg but 
I mean, a year is a long time when you're 37 years of age, right? Yeah, I don't know what we what we really expect to see from him anymore, and uh, I'm not sure we're going to see um, see see a very very good version of uh, Shogun Who. And I listen, I think the interesting thing here is Paul Craig going in uh, the, the you know going into Brazil as well. That's going to be an interesting dynamic to see if he can adjust. And you know, the Brazilian crowds are, are lethal guys, especially like when you're fighting a guy like so Shogun or Jacare. It's going to be tough for those guys. But I, I am. I'm going to favor Paul Craig here. Yeah, well, it will be quite a win. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Charles Oliveira also on this card. That's a fight, I know he's not a. Uh, I know he's not a European man, but what a run he's on! I mean, five wins. What does a win against Jared Gordon do for him, though? You know, like I mean, that, yeah, no, you're right. Jared Gordon's coming off two losses. Um, you know, one sort of big knockout. Um, there recently lost quite badly. So I actually would have liked seeing Jared Gordon take a little bit more time off. Um, because so he's coming off a win. It was the bad knockout. It was uh, against Jackie and Silva, um, and the one before that against Diego Ferreira. But yeah, I'm not sure really what it does. Jared's a very good fighter. Um, you know, rough, tough, and um, really good stand up. Obviously coming out of roof of sport as well. But yeah, you'd have to fancy Oliveira here, man. The guy has um, serious skills. I think he's just getting better and better and better the whole time. I think ever since that Paul Felder fight, we've seen so much evolution in his game, his stand up, uh, his Mai Tai, how good he is in the deck. The guy's insane. But again. You're coming back to it. What does it really do for him? I don't know. I just think it keeps him there. I think he needs a bigger opponent. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, I think he does as well. And I think maybe because it's a Brazilian card, he just wanted to get a fight in. And he has been quite vocal about it as well, saying he wants higher level opponents. Um, the know. ghost of uh, Hannah Burrell's on this card. Oh, Jesus. There he is. Didn't even realise. Um, there we oh, go. There's a, there's a lot of good fights, but let's keep it European. Yeah, of course. Um, of course, Arian Lipsky, the former KSW champion, has been having a hard time of it in the UFC. It's, it's, this is, um, it's actually quite shocking to me. It is shocking. And this is a make it or, or break it fight, I feel, for, for Ariani. She's uh, underperformed, um, I think, in both her outings. Look very, very... And I think we mentioned this uh, on both her fights against Caller with Armacan. Nerves seem to be very, very evident. Um, Molly in, mopped the floor with her in the last yeah. one. Yeah. Like mopped, mopped the floor. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nerves did. She just looked very, very edgy um, coming into those fights. Um, I noticed that. Um, I thought it was quite evident. It's going to be interesting to see. Because we know what she, she can do. We've seen her in KSW. It's just a matter of, I think, maybe a home crowd as well might suit her. Um, I know she's she's obviously you know uh, Brazilian-Polish. Um, but I think the home crowd here could be a big, big advantage for her. Maybe settle her down, calm her down. And... Um, I, I'm expecting a big performance. I really am. Well, I think it's if she it's doesn't coming. win this one, it's, it's yeah, over. Yeah, it's curtain. So yeah, it's she pretty important. To. Let's take a look at this Bellator two three four card um, in Israel. Linton Vassell, UK light heavy, heavyweight, even is in the main event against Sergey Karatanov. That's a very tough fight for Linton. There's absolutely yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, Karatanov is a great heavyweight, probably one of the the best heavyweights in the world. It doesn't really get the credit he deserves, as far Seems as I'm to concerned. Fight every week as well. Yeah, I mean he comes into this <laughs> on a six fight win streak. He's coming off the win against Matt Mitrione. Yeah. He's bet Roy Nelson. He's bet Joey Beltran. I mean, I don't, I don't fancy. Um, Linton, yeah, Linton, even though Linton does carry a wallop, I feel like Sergey's is a bridge too far. Sinead Kavanaugh on the card against Olga Rubin. That's flown underneath the radar. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a good fight. Obviously, Olga fought here in, uh, in Dublin a number of um, months ago, and um, it's a big, big one. Um, obviously, for fought Sinead. for the title already, like yeah. um, Olga. So I wonder if Sinead's all right. Like she's, you know, obviously she suffered a couple of injuries after her last fight against Leslie Smith. Um, I would have maybe seen her take a little bit more time off. But, yeah, I think it's a big, big night for Sinead as well. She talked about that Leslie Smith rematch. It, it obviously never came to fruition, but it is. Um, it's a big, big one night for uh, Sinead Cavanaugh as she well. She should man. call for that fight if she gets the definitely, win. That would be 100%, huge. Definitely. Um, 
Austin Vanderford, Mr. Van Zandt is also on that card, and uh, about 75 lads from Israel. So um, <laughs> enjoy them prelims. Yeah, th- that should be fun. That should be fun. Also going down this week is Brave, because obviously the, the, the World Championship is being held in Bahrain this week, and a, a big event yeah. for Brave there, with Jose Torres defending his flyweight title against got- Marcel Oder at the top of the card. Also involved, as I broke a few weeks ago, is Ryan Cordes v. Amir Albazi, but on the prelims? What? That looks that, that picture of Ryan is, is beautiful. His hair looks great. He's always man. he's a very good looking man. <laughs> what about the one thirty five meeting between Dean Garnett that. and Rani Sada? Rani, yeah. That's like second from the bottom. Like That's crazy. Please man. tell me this isn't the belt order because it's ridiculous. Like if that it is. should be co-main events. Dean Garnett and Rani Sada is a, an incredibly That's high level. That's a like. banger, man. That is an absolute banger of a scrap. That should be co-main. Can event. we reshuffle this for you? Right, keep Jose where he is. Yeah, Grant. Then put Dean Garnett Easy. v Rana in co-main event. Then put keep Felipe Silva and Goram there maybe. But then I want to see Ryan Cortes v. Amir Albazi. Yeah. Who do I, I send my it. invoice to? Um, <laughs> Prince, Prince of Bahrain. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good invoice out of him, eh? 50 million. <laughs> yeah, bucks. there you go. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus, that's, that's pretty I'll much watch it. It's actually not a bad card. I'm going to try and watch it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll get a, a word with Ryan before he heads off. But, um, big be- best of luck to the Irish fighters um, Definitely, competing yeah. at the uh, the Worlds in Bahrain this week, right? Is it yeah. the Worlds? It's the Worlds. Yeah, yeah? it's the Worlds. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's a big week on, um, obviously. Um, a big strong bucket of uh, fighters there so yeah I'm very much looking forward to seeing what other future um, stars we can we can produce from this and obviously Andy and all the lads there and, and Emma doing a great job of getting the team together and I think prepared. Paddy Ulan's gone over to coach because he was at that yeah, Cage right. Warriors event and he literally watches two amateurs fight and then I think he was home to get a plane to Bahrain so pretty yeah. incredible that's it yeah so uh, you know best of luck to these um, these up-and-coming uh, future stars of mixed martial arts. I wonder if he's booked a date at the Easton's in Bahrain yeah, to plug his book. I'd say so. Yeah, I think yeah. that goes without saying. Yeah, he's probably gone, he's probably invited to uh, the Prince's uh, Castle or whatever they do there. Charge him 50 million for a book, right? I wouldn't be going to any Prince's Castle in Bahrain, but anyway. All right. <laughs> don't think, uh, just for the record, we don't know if Paddy is either. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we're just totally waffling shit here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> when are we going to get a definitive answer to the doorbell gate? Um, Are you going to stay in the trees? Follow my social media. I'll, I'll give an update later on. Um, there was a bit of interest last night. What are <laughs> what are what are people doing at half four in the morning? Bloody There's tweeting me back. Just last night. Yeah. So um, no. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll 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 give an update later on. But yeah, I think I'm sort of. Uh, it's a bit embarrassing, really, because I was so angry, and then I thought it was someone I was swinging the golf club. Like my nine arm was getting wrapped off the bloody wall out the, out the front. Um, and then I think it might have been a technical fault. So ooh, that's that's quite embarrassing for me. But listen, fuck it, shit happens. These um, things happen. Yeah, these things happen in MMA. They but do. Um, I'm looking forward to um, this weekend because we've loads more MMA to watch. I hate it. I can't wait Sigla. till I'm a celebrity gets me out of here. Start so oh, I can yeah, keep, James keep tabs on the one of the. That's just that's just metal. the hottest new signings in that, that's, MMA. That's crazy, man. I think that's just. It's just bizarre that they're going to sign a guy and then, you oh, know. Like somebody attitude from the uh, the MMA fans' reaction to this. Me pointing out that he did say he was professionally dedicated to MMA. Yeah. All this professional dedication. And everyone's like, yeah, it's a good thing. It's going to drive up his money. That isn't, like, imagine he was playing football. And this is what we're saying. Oh, sorry, lads. He's actually going to go and do a reality TV show for a while. It's ridiculous. I can understand it to a certain extent, but it, it does take away his real commitment. Well, to it takes away the whole arts. the whole illusion yeah, that he was listen, doing this for passion, etc. Like, Bellator love this kind of thing, and, and they haven't been very successful with it. Um, so, well, Aaron Chalmers, yeah, is well, Aaron was, successful. yeah, but um, you know, in, in general, a lot of the stuff they've done hasn't been very successful in getting eyes back to their broadcast. I would imagine. So, I think that is 
really what Bellator need to do, and I think they need to come up with some new, more tactics and make better fights. And um, you know, right. maybe you know, as we have with Cage Warriors, and we say about Cage Warriors, there's something, there's something, there's a, a greater goal. And I think that's what Bellator need to establish. And yeah, I've said that. Make European titles, yeah. and they're like, we don't want to make the the main titles. Uh, yeah, I'm actually European coming around to it now. I'd love. Well, I mean, I what, what are we fighting for? Because at the end of it? it's just getting very stale. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, what about Tyson Fury and Darren Till training as well? Yeah, yeah. I stuck a picture up of that there today. And Steve Miocic coming out and deleting his tweet and all that. Did you see that? What, what was that? He said, "Be careful what you wish for." Cleveland's finest, man. I mean, right. Like, when he said this in the interview, I'm like, all right, this is just a bit of crack. Fair play to him. Yeah, reach out to Darren again, so we'll, we'll hopefully get him on in six months. All right. Um, <laughs> but I, when, I, when I saw the initial interview about uh, Tyson, I was like, yeah. right, he's just having a bit of crack. Like, no matter what you want to say, if he's going to have a session with Darren Taylor, it does add something to that to storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but it's not like... Do it I think it's going to happen? No. I, I think it's more realistic of happening than maybe some of the other stuff we've seen in the past. Like, clearly, Dane is coming out and saying as well, that, uh, you know, oh, what's he doing coming to MMA? I love the guy, but uh, he'll get handed. Yeah, that's Dana fucking trying to Yeah, well, to they're to owned by over. a PR company now, so exactly. I mean... But listen, you know, there's, there's been worse guys coming over, and a lot of, like, MMA in, in the heavyweight division does stay in the feet, so... You never know, Give him man. Greg Hardy. You never know. Yeah, well, there you go. Give him Greg. Be a bit of crack, won't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it will ever happen, but it's Greg a bit will, of crack. Greg, like. will, Greg will, like, uh, poke his eyes out or something. Or I can't wait till Darren Till... Darren Till comes out and tells us that he's going to be... Um, Beat Stipe if they fight, etc. That's going to be magic. That's going to be amazing. That's uh, the quote that we're going to get on this show. He's moving to heavyweight. And, That's uh, the only uh, question now. Darren, are you will Tyson Fury beat Stipe Miocic yeah. when they fight well, in the UFC? Uh, Yo Romero was mentioned as well. I thought you seem to be smacking that out in his uh, Instagram during the weekend. Um, Darren Till said he wanted to fight Yo. Yeah, but sure. Israel and Yo are fighting now. Yeah. What I'm saying that Darren was just calling for it. He's... I don't know. I preferred the funny man. lines where he was like, oh, I'm shitting myself about it. Oh, that means fucking hell. It's, uh, but no, listen, uh, that's going to be interesting as well when we hear from Darren if we ever do again because he's such a, he even admits it, he's a nightmare to get a hold of. Like. Yeah, he is indeed. But um, look, I'm very yeah. tired. I need to go. Yeah, um, and he's got a bed for an hour. Um, so we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. And let us know what you think about our, our cafe backdrop. Ended a bit better. That's a bit miserable. You fucking ended it. All right, okay. We'll catch you all next week. Sorry for grumpy pizza. Uh, Levies and Lovies. Wow, what an ending. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Carl and I'm a grad. It's good luck. Good night. <laughs> You're so good at this. Just fucking end it. Come on. Bye bye. <laughs>